Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Balanced Birth and Beyond podcast. I'm Olivia, your host, and on this podcast, we will talk about everything related to the journey to conceive, pregnancy, labor, birth, postpartum, parenthood, and beyond. This is a safe space where birth professionals, birthing people, expected parents, and partners can come on and share their knowledge or personal experiences with our listeners. The goal of this podcast is to create connections, share stories, information, and resources to educate and empower people in their own personal journey. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Healthy Balance Birth and Beyond podcast. Today, I have a special guest with us. I have Helen here with us. Um, Helen and I connected on Instagram. I think somebody had shared one of your reels that you put up about birth control, and it was funny and perfect. And I reached out to you and wanted to have a conversation about birth control and natural family planning. So, Helen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Would you mind introducing everybody to you, telling us a bit about you and your own journey? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. So my name is Helen Doran. Um, I am a young 22-year-old bride, soon to be 23. Um, And so I have an Instagram account called Fertile and Empowered, which is how I connected with Olivia. Um, And I am very passionate about natural family planning and body literacy and really trusting our body's wisdom. Um, And so that's what my account, Fertile and Empowered, is about. Um, So a little about me, I got into natural family planning or fertility awareness method, whichever term you prefer, uh, when I was 19. Um, I was struggling with a lot of symptoms um, that I thought might be my hormones, but I had no idea. I was being told by my college nurse, like all of these terrible things like lupus and everything. So it's kind of spiraling. And so I was like, okay, well, let's just go back to the basics. My mom was a NFP instructor. And that's actually how I met my husband was she taught with, I guess, his mom (laughs) when we were really little. And so that's actually how I met my husband was we used to play together when they taught NFP. So obviously it had a place really close to my heart. Um, And so I decided I'd just start charting and see if something was going up with my hormones and whether that could give me an answer. Um, And turns out I had really low progesterone and we figured out I had hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. And so that's really what triggered my respect for just diving into all these amazing details in our cycles and really understanding just the wisdom that our body has to tell us about. Um, And so now I've been charting for um, almost I guess almost four years now, um, wow. and I've done a couple methods, so I I feel a little confident speaking to some of them, not all of them, um, but it's just been amazing, and I really appreciate the community on Instagram that I found. There's so many women out there just looking for answers other than birth control, and they just really want to know their bodies instead of just be told, you know, here's birth control, this will fix everything, mm-hmm. you know, and really find that it doesn't. Um, So that's what my community is about. It's just helping women be passionate about their bodies and their cycles. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's so nice and refreshing to hear that your mom has taught you these things that you can utilize at a younger age. Because like you just said, when I was, I think I was like 13, 14, and I was having Um, these symptoms. I was having really, really heavy periods and automatically they're just like, yeah, birth control. Like that's just how it is. And so there was never any discussion about like looking at the root cause of things, looking at your diet, looking at your lifestyle, looking at any of those choices. It was just automatically throwing hormones at us when we're 13, 14 years old. And there's no discussion of how that can impact you. 
And so I am thankful that we have the knowledge that we do now where we have women who are tuning into their bodies and trying to better understand their bodies. And I mean, look at all the things that you figured out just by paying attention and tuning into your body. It's so important. And I feel like we, our society has so much work to do in regards to women and like educating people on their cycle and that there's a point to your cycle and there are different phases of your cycle and trusting in your body and trusting in its ability to show you things and to help you understand things about your body. And so I'm glad that you brought that up into the conversation and shared that with us because I think there are many, many young women and even I mean, I'm still learning. I'm 30 and I have so much to learn, I feel like, especially with um, with tracking. So I am excited to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm really happy to be here and talking about it. It's so important. Like you said, I mean, how many of us had no idea about this, right, growing up and just like our period was such a mystery and something to be anxious about because yeah. we had no idea what it really was besides just like we're bleeding every month, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm so happy to be talking about it. Yeah, so one of the first things that you and I are going to chat about today is using natural family planning as a single woman, um, because sometimes people, they think that they you only have to do that when you are married, so you can use birth control in the meantime or that sort of thing. And so I wanted to open up a conversation about that with like your personal experience and then maybe some um, like tips for people who have never done charting or where to begin. Yeah, totally. I So I was definitely very unique when I started charting at 19 as a single woman. Yeah. Um, I didn't know anyone else doing that. And I was on a Catholic college where natural family planning was kind of the generic thing, you know, that you did when you got married. But I didn't know any single woman, you know, charting. Um, so it's definitely very unique, and I've definitely noticed it picking up in pace and a lot more people diving into fertility awareness methods, mm-hmm. usually what people call it when they're just charting for health reasons. Um, but I guess really the one reason that I really, really encourage any woman, no matter their relationship status, to chart is because it just gives you so much wisdom about your body, and it really... I think it's such an essential tool for body literacy. You know, we talk so much about intuitive eating and all these other practices, exercise that teach you about your body and your energy levels and how healthy you are. But we miss out on our menstrual cycle, which, you know, doctors now say is like the fifth vital sign of your health. Um, And so that's really why I encourage women. It's like, you don't need to be like, charting this to know the rules for conceiving or avoiding, you know, you don't need to do that. You don't need to stress about that. But it's as simple as taking your basal body temperature every morning, you know, and measuring that. I mean, that's really a simple way because it's pretty black and white once you figure it out, unless there's hormonal imbalances. And then, you know, right. um, and you can talk to your doctor and um, reach out to a uh, natural family planning instructor um, and cervical mucus. I mean, that one like freaks women out, especially when they're single, I think, <laughs> especially at first because it sounds really gross and they have no idea what you're talking about when you talk about egg white mucus yeah. and sensation and all of this and it, it can become very overwhelming very quickly um but it's honestly very simple and i find like the, the advice i give women the most is just don't overthink it mm-hmm. and just appreciate your body and the wisdom that it has and just listen to what it's telling you in the moment without overthinking it and it's just amazing the amount of stuff that it tells us whether it's our stress levels um i mean mm-hmm. that's a big one for any woman you know right. i think we all notice like if our period is late because we've had a really stressful month, um, 
but now you know exactly why you know you're stressed because you're tuning into your cycle and you can um you know you can catch that stress before it becomes really serious and chronic stress and suddenly you're missing your periods right um so I've had a lot of friends that I've encouraged to chart and they found everything from like low progesterone to to you know like realizing why they're not even getting their periods right. um, and, and reaching out to a doctor when they thought that wasn't really a big deal. Yeah. Um, so it's such a valuable tool and it's so simple once you get the hang of it. Yeah. And even just listening to you talk about it, I feel like I, I had thought about this before when you, we first opened up the conversation, but we talk about the importance of like being in tune with our bodies and understanding our cycles and why it's so important. And I feel like that's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about having these conversations and opening, opening up conversations about these topics is because I started doing doula work. And for me, I've always been more holistic minded and I, 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 before I, this was before I was pregnant, before I had my daughter. And so I started looking for resources on like holistic pregnancy and how to have a natural birth. And it's so interesting to me that like from such a young age, like whenever people are given birth control, there's just no discussion about your body. There's no discussion about the impacts it can have. There's no discussion about tracking at all because I feel like we're moving so far away from being in tune with our bodies, starting at a young age. And then that goes into when you're trying to conceive, um, there's so many issues with infertility. There's so many people who are struggling with it. And I just feel like if we can all really pay attention and be more mindful of these, of charting and women's cycles and just educating ourselves on listening to our body, we would be so much more in tune. We'd be healthier. We'd be happier. I honestly, I spend a lot of time wondering if, if we would be having, if so many people would be having difficulties getting pregnant, if we had started younger paying attention to what our bodies are trying to tell us. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I really believe we're really taught we can't trust our bodies, mm-hmm. you know, and birth control is a solution. And then, of course, when you become pregnant, right? I mean, the idea of a natural pregnancy now is so so mind-boggling to so many of us. And I think that, like you said, that starts when we're really little and told, like, we can't even trust our bodies to have a natural cycle. Yeah. How are we supposed to, like, birth a human being when we can't even, like, trust our menstrual cycles, you know? Right. So I totally agree. I think that it's so important. And unfortunately, you know, birth control really does, I mean, it, it covers up so many problems, like you were saying, too, with fertility. I mean, how many women had symptoms of endometriosis or PCOS as a mm-hmm. young woman? And they were told to go on birth control. And so then to get married, they want to have a kid and now they can't because they didn't work on any of this. And it can take years to unwind some of those things to be able to actually have a, have a baby. Yeah. So it's really heartbreaking just where we are as a society with understanding our bodies and just trusting them and their intuition. Yeah. Um, so that's another reason I'm so passionate about advocating for single woman charting in any any manner, yeah. um, just because it really does teach that trust and kind of heals that disconnect between like our society and our bodies in a way. Um, and I find that, especially for me, that's been like a huge just healing <laughs> healing concept. It's like I can trust my body and my body knows what it's doing and might, might need a little help occasionally but quite frankly it is telling me and it's signaling me when something's wrong Mm -hmm. i just need to know how to listen it's not necessarily i need to like 
take birth control or this right. pill or this to remedy the problem. Right. And pretty I love, powerful. Yeah. And I love that you talked about like cervical mucus and how people get like intimidated by it because I remember when I like really, really started diving into birth work, I was just obsessed with watching birth videos, like natural birth, like home birth. I could I couldn't get enough of it. And I was like trying to talk to my friends about like placentas and mucus <laughs> plugs and they were just like, What? <laughs> Why are we talking about these things? And it's I don't know, it drives me crazy that this is not like a normal thing because this is a natural process that your body does that like we as women have been doing since the beginning of time. Right. So I just I and then I remember after um, when I was trying to conceive my daughter, I, I had been on birth control. I'd been on hormonal birth control from like 14 until I think I was 28, which is a long time. And yeah, well. like in my mind, it was like the only not holistic thing that I was doing, but I was like so afraid of getting pregnant before like I wanted to be. And so now looking back like I wish I just started tracking like I wish I just spent time like tuning into my body and paying attention to it and educating myself more on that piece of it um and so yeah I would love for you to I did start tracking before conceiving my daughter but I feel like because I was on birth control for so long like my body needed time to be off of it so it could like regulate you know what I mean and so I'd love for you to share a bit about like how like where somebody could start like what would be a good place you said taking your body temperature every morning um and then do you use an app or do you always like write everything out oh yeah so i mean there's some legit women who have stuck to paper you right. know and are amazing at that i always forget to write it down yeah. um if it's on my phone i get a notification so i remember um so i use um I use Ready to Groove, and then I use Read Your Body. Um, okay. So I use Read Your Body mainly now. Um, it's a newer app, but it's just amazing because it is so flexible, and it's literally so friendly to every single method out there, um, and it really grows with you. Um, mm -hmm. So it really starts you off with the basics, but you can add as much as you want, especially if you start charting things like water intake you know, and stress levels, mm -hmm. if I took this supplement. Um, so it, you can just add to it as much as you want, change the chart as much as you want. It, it's just phenomenal. I haven't seen anything like it. So I usually advocate for anyone who's pretty serious about it to spend the money on the app, you okay. know, and really invest in that because it's so helpful. And I mean, there's so much you can do with it that you can't do on paper, in right. my personal opinion. But I'm sure there's people out there who would say differently. Um, Ready to Groove is really great um, for if you're charting symptothermal. Um, which is your basal body temperature and your cervical mucus. There's a lot of right. cervical mucus only methods, but um, I am trained in Billings, which is cervical mucus, and then also symptothermal, which is you know the two combined. Okay. Um, but Ready to Groove is really great because they have a guide that goes along with their app, and it's probably the most in-depth but also most coherent guide to charting that I have ever read. Okay. Um, so I was kind of taught by my mom, so on, kind of unofficially, but I mean, she was an NFP instructor. So that's how I learned Symptothermal. Right. But I had this guide with the app that was just there. So whenever I had a question, I could refer back to it and it usually had the answer. Um, so it was really great for someone single who didn't really want to invest time with an, an you know, an NFP instructor because I wasn't getting married or something right. like that and trying to conceive or abstain. Um, 
So I definitely recommend either of the two to women and it just matters on their comfort level and what they really want. Okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And I think even like you said, just having like a basic understanding of what you're actually tracking and how that's going to, how, how that shows up as charting. Um, because like you said, I, I think there are some people who just take their temperature every morning and then there are some who just look at cervical mucus and then there are some who do both. And I remember for me, I started doing both because I just, I just wanted to understand it. I just wanted to better understand it. But, um, Maybe we can include in the link in the show notes, we can include a link for the apps that you talked about. Um, and then if there are any like resources or books or anything that you would recommend for people to start, um, just if they're starting out and they want to learn more about it, we can include that in there for them too. Yeah, that would be great. I, I am praying that one day there will be a database that just explains all of the NFP methods so you can just look it up, you know, kind of talk about the difference between each methods, have the resources to connect you with what you need to get started. Unfortunately, it's still so much of a sideline, you know, like to the sides of our culture that yeah. it's not common enough for that to really exist yet. And I'm hoping someone is out there doing that work because, you know, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, but so many women come to me and are like, oh, well, what website can I go to? What book can I read? And there's a lot of great things out there, but it's almost like you need to have some kind of knowledge beforehand of what method you really want to go into. So yeah. I usually shower people with a ton of links to each of the methods and, and kind of explain them to them. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it, it is, is it is it is a hard jump to make, especially if you have absolutely no idea <laughs> what this is, you know, and your knowledge is just, I want to be off birth control and that's your intention. Yeah. Um, it can definitely be hard. And I think that's honestly, one of the biggest barriers to single women, you know, really wanting to get off birth control and just understand their fertility. Yeah. Um, it's just the lack of resources out there right now. So maybe that's you kind can, of what I'm working on. I was going to say, maybe you can be the one to create that big resource <laughs> that database. One day. Yeah. <laughs> get off my butt and actually do something. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> no that's, yeah, it's so needed though. It really is. Yeah. And I remember I, I mean, it wasn't, natural family planning that I was looking for when I became pregnant, I was looking for like more holistic resources and that sort of thing. And I felt the same way. Like there are so many, so, so many different things. And then you get overwhelmed trying to figure out which is the right thing to read or research or better understand. And so I think what it comes down to, like you said too, is that it also needs to be like super individualized to the person yes. because exactly. I think, well, that's the thing in general, I think our society could do better at, like there needs to be just more individualized care because no one is the same, like no one. And a lot of people have this one size fits all mindset, especially when it comes to like natural family planning or trying to conceive there. I've had conversations I've had um, on the podcast before where I had a mama who was trying to conceive and she ended up doing IVF and one of the doctors, um, they called her and they said, well, it didn't work. Um, so then she went to another doctor and they tried implanting at a different time based on when it was ready and then it worked. And it's just like, there are so many different ways to go about doing things that we really need to have 
more individualized care. Like, I don't know, I don't know how else to put it, except for having what, knowing what your resources are and which ones would best fit you. Exactly. I mean, when women hear that your menstrual cycle is just as unique as your thumbprint, I mean, that's like mind boggling to us. I mean, we're so, we're told every woman should have like the 28 day cycle. And if you have that, then you were like at the peak of fitness you know, and you've got just the ideal cycle and, um, you know, and it's even women who are on birth control, you know, will have like the, you know, the 28 day bleed, right. Or they'll have their period. And it's like, they're, they're shocked that no doctor really told them that actually this isn't your period. You know, this is just called withdrawal bleeding and you're actually not, you know, this is just your, your menstrual cycle is just gone until you want it to come back after you come off the pill. So there's just so many lies out there about that. And it's, you know, it's just like, I think as women, we, it's, kind of a symptom of just you know the same we all need to look the same our bodies need to be the exact kind of fitness you know and and all of it that we all kind of grown at now but I think that we don't we don't apply that same logic of you know we're all so unique to our menstrual cycles yet that's not common and yet um I think quite frankly it's because it, it does take a lot of work it yeah. does take a lot of work to embrace it there's some bumps in the road especially if you have painful cramps you know yeah that was yeah. me you that know I mean me. I was dying for an escape you know from the monthly cramps because they hurt so badly and they were just debilitating you know and it was so easy like such a temptation to just be like here's a magic pill that will fix everything when in reality it just it actually does a lot of harm um, and just kind of flatlines your hormones which no i mean which are very essential to so much of our physical well-being i know yeah so yeah it's yeah and even now I mean, my daughter is 19 months old and we've been exclusively breastfeeding since she was born and I don't have my cycle yet. I haven't gotten mine back. And a lot of people talk about that. And like, I have friends who have also been breastfeeding who got their cycle back like right away. And so I'm just curious, like, I'm always so curious about what the hormones in my body are doing now, now that I'm not on birth control, now that I've been breastfeeding her for almost two years. It's just, it's so interesting. And like, I can see the changes in my cervical mucus. Like I can, I can see them. I'm paying attention to it now. And my body just feels different being off of birth control. Um, So it's, I mean, it's just, it's a learning experience, you know, like I was on hormonal birth control for so long and now I'm not. And I'm just curious to see what it's going to be like when my cycle actually does come back. (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, it's, it's. That's, I mean, it's amazing that you were on birth control that long, you know, and that, you, you know, you finally found the resources and so I'm so excited for you. And I mean, well, I'm sure it will be an adventure, you it's know, when it's especially postpartum, right? Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it is so individualized and it, it is amazing how much it changes with you, you know, as you grow, as you change, as your lifestyle changes. I mean, that's kind of the beautiful thing is it does... I mean, your it does your cycle does reflect so much of what else is going on in your life. I mean, once I got married, oh my gosh, you know, my cycle was all over the place, which it usually I finally got in balance, and then I got married, and it was such a, a stressor preparing for a COVID wedding um, yeah. last year, and so it just went all over the place. And I think that usually that would have freaked me out, um, you know, especially since it was considered irregular at that point, and I had never been irregular before. If I hadn't known what was going on and why it was you know, it was suddenly fluctuating like that. Um, 
you know, that would have been a trip to the doctor. <laughs> but yeah. luckily I knew just enough to know about stress levels and my progesterone levels and all of this because I've been researching it for four years to know, okay, this is like a temporary blip, you know, and we'll wait out like four cycles and see if it goes back to normal. And it did. Um, so it just feels very empowering to know that I can, I can work with my body now. Yeah. Um, I don't need to be freaking out at the moment something is different or you know my period is late by three days what's going on you know right. um and so that's just such empowering knowledge and i really think the more we can know about our bodies the more empowered we are it sounds yeah. pretty cliche but i mean I in mean, practice that means so much yeah i mean i don't i think that we have so much work to do in regards to just like empowering women and empowering everybody to trust their bodies, but especially empowering like young girls and women to not be like what you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, to not be like ashamed of our cycles, to not try and like hide them because they're like embarrassing, you know? I remember being in school, like hiding pads in my (laughs) sleeve when I was going to the bathroom, you know, it's just, it's crazy that this is something that is so natural and I mean, it's our body. Like it's, it's just bizarre to me that this has been made into this gross thing of like women bleeding. Like, no, this is literally what impacts our entire life. It's our hormones. It's our cycle. It's our ability to have children. Exactly. Um, so I, I'm thankful that there are people like you who are out there trying to help people like me who is on birth control half my life and I'm now learning all these things. Um, but I think I think it's I think empowerment is a good word to use because we do need to empower women to be more in tune with their bodies. And then in turn, us doing that and having these types of conversations, then when we do have our own children, if we have girls, then we can share that knowledge with them and we can we can empower them from a younger age to pay attention to their bodies and to better understand them like with you like it's so nice to hear that you started tracking when you were 19 like that's amazing um so yeah i'm really i'm grateful for this conversation and for your knowledge that you're sharing with us oh i feel very humbled because i mean there's so many amazing women doing so much more out there and i'm just on instagram making funny reels but no you're just doing my own part but it's it's amazing i mean it's just the stories i hear of especially you know women struggling with infertility which is just a huge burden nowadays i mean it's just mind-blowing to me the amount of women out there who are struggling with you know this amazing burden of infertility and have yeah. have no idea where to turn yeah. um and you know I, I mean it's such a costly burden too nowadays right with ivf i mean right. <laughs> i mean infertility shouldn't just be like a rich man's problem right i know um, and it's just so heartbreaking to know there's actually so many simple resources out there and so many women have no idea that it's like, it might just be that your progesterone levels are really low, you right. know, and um, it's just it, not even doctors know how to handle this. I mean, the amount no. of doctors I went to before I found one that you know, was able to talk to me about my, my chart, um, they had no idea what natural family planning was. They had no idea when I was talking about my luteal phase, they kind of looked at me like, what kind of like weird you know, Eastern medicine thing are you doing? You know, I was like, well, okay. Um, <laughs> but they're just, they're just told the pill, you know, yeah. they're told birth control and that's, that's what you need to do. And um, so I found a lot of relief um, in naturopathic doctors. They yes. found that they 
generally much more welcome to charting and listening to you and their concerns about your cycle. But I mean, I've ran like, you know, many, many polls and I mean, on, you know, have you felt dismissed by your doctor about your period? Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, amazing. I mean, every time I did it, it would be like, you know, 90% of the women who participated were like, yeah, I had a terrible experience with my doctor. They didn't listen to me. And especially when you're dealing with infertility, I mean, how crushing is that when, you know, these doctors have no idea where to help you and yeah. your first resource shouldn't have to be a fertility specialist to understand what's going on with your cycle. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's where we're at. Yeah. And I think it, I think what it really comes down to is, is just like our systems are so, so broken. And like you think about it, like doctors are not taught about menstrual cycles in school or like how to help women if they're having issues with their menstrual cycles. So then when you who are educated on the topic or who have researched it and know about the different phases and you're trying to talk to them about them and they have no idea, they probably are like, I should know this. Why do I not know this? And then they maybe they are just like, okay, well, here's the solution because this is the only thing that I've ever been taught. Um, but yeah, I so agree that I really genuinely feel like there just needs to be more of an intertwining with Eastern and Western medicine and just allowing, like not having it just be like one-sided, you know what I mean? Or like oh, you're like yes. a quack or woo-woo for for listening to your body and looking at the root cause of things. And so <laughs> yeah. mind blowing, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah. It was actually so funny because one of the first doctors to actually listen to me rant about my cycle was my chiropractor. Really? Um, yeah. She was a holistic chiropractor um, in my college town, my little college town. And um, she was also, I guess she was getting her, her certificate in acupuncture Um whatever training that involves, but she was, she was the first person to listen to me and validate, like, yeah, no, I mean, if your chart's telling you this, like, here's what I've heard, and then this is not coming from an official doctor, but, I mean, it was a lot, just, you know, it was just amazing having someone just listen, and I think that was really just what, the fuel I needed to keep going, because it was so frustrating not having doc having doctors just be like, well, why aren't you just taking ibuprofen if yeah. you're having painful, painful cramps, you know, and all of that, and, that was so frustrating, and um, so many women just don't even know better. I, I was lucky to grow up in a family that really valued a lot of these natural, holistic remedies, you yeah. know, and my mom was an NFP instructor, had, you know, four unmedicated births because she was so convinced, so awesome. and, you know, all of the natural, like, our, our bodies are natural and meant to do these things, and so I had a lot of respect for that growing up, and so I'm, I'm grateful to her for teaching me that, and that, that was really valuable, but how many women don't have that, you yeah. know, and they're just, okay, I just take vital and ibuprofen every month, and this is normal, and, know. you know, if my period is late, I take a pregnancy test, like, <laughs> you know, it's like kind of, that's the logic we have nowadays, and it's just, a, it is infuriating to me, because, I mean, it's, there's so much going on just beneath the waters, right, the surface, so. Oh, yeah, I'm just sitting here nodding my head along to everything that you're saying, because it's <laughs> it's so true, and it's, it's funny, because, well, not funny, but like listening to you who grew up in a family who is like very mindful of natural things and holistic things. Like I am literally the opposite. Like my family is so medicalized. It's insane. Like I don't know where my mindset came from, but I am like the black sheep in my family. And like, but it's funny now because like when I first started 
paying attention to like diet and nutrition and taking the courses and the and the education that I have completed on holistic health and functional medicine coaching and people were like what well, you don't like you don't know anything about nutrition like it's just health coaching and I'm like watch <laughs> and watch. <laughs> I love it they they see like all the changes for me like that I made myself and then they started coming to me for nutrition stuff and for recipes and meals and asking me what I was doing and so I think that we have like we can lead by example you know like we don't even have to like there are people that are always watching and paying attention even when we don't realize it so it's important to share these things especially when it comes to childbirth and your cycle and I think like we were talking about before like I really just want to empower people to feel good about their body to know what's happening within their body know why it's happening and know that they have the ability to change these things um, and just being able to find those resources and figure out what their body needs rather than just giving it a band-aid like you said like having Midol or Motrin or whatever every once a month um, so I think it's I just I'm really really happy we're having this conversation I know I've said it so many times but I just think it's so important especially because we're talking about like creating life you know we're talking about your cycle like there it's just like you're literally creating life and paying attention to what's happening in your body it's just it's amazing and so I think that there needs to be more topics and like conversations and discussions about these things because it's important exactly 100% yeah, it's just mind-boggling in a culture where we have so much technology and we we have so much control over Mother Nature that we've almost lost Mother Nature in the process. I you know. know, and we feel so much anxiety about our bodies and like we have no control over what happens, and that's just so so not true. Yeah, when we have so much control over our bodies and what happens to them, it doesn't I mean like you were saying nutrition, right? And and learning our cycles and knowing what helps, what doesn't help. I mean, that's all just these fundamentals, and it takes work. But I mean, there's so much joy that comes out of it, and so much empowerment. Yeah. Um, and you really never could go back. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of one person who has you know has learned nfp and they you know in a in the right way i'm sure there's people who have t- tried to teach themselves and then accidentally got pregnant when they weren't intending to and now they you know they gave it a bad rap but That's, yeah um when you go through it with the right process right um i've never heard of a single woman say they wanted to go back on birth control yeah. i mean it's just it's not a I journey mean, that you regret yeah i'm never going back on birth control that was just like for me i just <laughs> I didn't even want to be on it. It was just like, it was me being lazy. Like looking back at it now, like I could have done it. Like I I could have, and I just didn't. And so now I know better and now I can do better. (laughs) That's what matters. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, we do live a lifestyle though, that almost requires, you know, something gets trampled in the process. And I certainly struggled with that in college. Um, I mean, just being around a lot of women on birth control or just you know, drugging themselves during their periods to get through them. And I didn't want to do that. It's really hard being in a very fast paced, you know, culture mm-hmm. uh, where there's not really time to slow down and really appreciate this process that is going on and, and all of that and just appreciate your body. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do appreciate, I really sympathize with women who feel like they need to be on birth control, yeah. you know, just to survive. I mean, I totally get that. Um, but 
it's it's a short-term game, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it only works in the short term. And unfortunately, you know, especially if you want to have kids one day, I mean, it is, you do have to play the long game, right? Yeah. So. Well, that actually, that just made me think of something. So I, like, this wasn't something that you and I had planned on talking about. Um, but I've seen, like, on, have you ever watched, like, Teen Mom or, like, any of those shows where, like, 16 and pregnant barely oh my gosh I still want to go yeah the there was a conversation with one of the moms on there recently where she has I think she has PCOS I'm pretty sure she does and she doesn't want to be on birth control anymore and instead of talking about natural family planning she just automatically was like asking her husband to get a vasectomy and That's not uncommon, though. Like, that is, like, a thing now. So at first, it's like, okay, if you're not trying to get pregnant, birth control. And then once you do have kids and then you don't want to have any more kids, it's like, okay, you either go back on birth control or your husband gets a vasectomy. And so for me, watching that and, like, thinking about, like, asking somebody to do that is just, like, so crazy to me. Yeah. Um, And not even considering natural family planning. I mean, it's mind-blowing when you think, like, a woman's technically only fertile one day out of her cycle, you know? So, like, having someone get a medical procedure, like, you know, rendering them infertile just because of that one day that you are technically fertile, right? I mean, of course, there are, there's a, your fertile window because right, fertile right. You know, survives in the, you know, in cervical mucus. But, like, that's just mind-blowing to me, too. I totally agree. Um, and it's expensive, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just the the nicest thing about natural family planning is once you've got it down, it's free. You know, it's free for life. I I know. And and you can, like you said, you're educating yourself. And you can also, I think the other, like, piece that I do think is important to talk about also is that, like, when you're doing this, you can have these conversations with your friends or you can have these conversations with your partner or your husband or whoever, and you can educate them on it so then – they can understand it. They can better understand it. And then maybe talk to other people about it, you know? And so I think it's just, it's so important to talk about because it's impacting your entire life and your relationships. And I'm, I don't know. I'm, I just think it's important and I'm glad we're talking about it. Um, but so do you want to talk, talk a bit about how um, I know you had mentioned that you had um, Hashimoto's and hyperthyroidism. Is that what you said as well? Mm-hmm. So how did you fi- how did you figure that out? I know you said that you had talked to a chiropractor, um, and then did you did somebody did they suggest natural family planning to figure it out, or you had just done your own research, and that's how you figured it out? Yeah. So I did my own research. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. Um, I mean, just really having the background that I did in a holistic family, I knew that no, no matter what it was, there must be some connection to my gut and to my hormone. I mean, all these basics of my body, right, would have to be causing all these symptoms that I was having. Like I was having like massive brain fog and I was gaining a lot of weight suddenly and I just could not stay awake. Um, so I'd sleep 10 hours and take a nap. <laughs> um, and this was all like freshman year. Um, and so it was just beyond the normal stress levels of a freshman in college. And I, I was getting sick all the time. I mean, there's just obviously something really weighing on my body. And everyone either dismissed it as stress or just told me I was going to die. Like, seriously, I mean, it was just the amount of terrible diagnoses I got. It, would, it just, yeah. 
was it was infuriating looking back on it. But um, so I really started charting on my own, and then I started talking to you know people like my chiropractor. She was really empathetic, and um, she didn't really guide me much on like the Hashimoto's aspect of my cycle. She was just really encouraging me to keep going, especially with painful periods. Right. Um, so she was really really helpful with that actually, and just really encouraged me to keep researching myself. And she recommended a couple of resources and. I stumbled on Dr. Jolene Brighton. Oh, yes. Um, and she, I love her so much. I mean, so her book, Beyond the Pill, mm-hmm. I have never been on the pill, you know, but I mean, I still bought it and read it and was like mind blown. Um, I just bought it. Was, I haven't read oh, it yet. Oh, good. I just bought oh, it. Oh, I love She's amazing. I mean, I wish there were more people like her. And she's actually in my, my city of Portland. Oh, um, is she? I guess she's living in Puerto Rico right now, but her, her clinic is based in Portland. So it's kind of how I discovered her. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that really helped me just like understand just how essential our hormones are to our health. And she talks a ton about Hashimoto's because there are so many women struggling with that who have no idea. Um, and so I really dived into that and I eventually was able to connect with the doctor who officially diagnosed me with it, and, you know, did all the proper blood work and we got on a plan for nutrition and exercise and stress management. and here we are, you know, almost, you know, three, four years later. And, you know, I mean, I have my rough days, but I, I feel great. And I feel like I know what to do if I do slip up or something or right. I have a flare, you know. Um, so I haven't had to be on any medication. And I kind of thank natural family planning for that because I could sense when something was off with my hormones before I even felt anything. Right. Um, and that's amazing. Yeah. That's so it's so awesome. And like even just hearing you say that, like I can't imagine how empowering that must feel. And I want other people to be able to feel that way about their bodies. And I think that, like, I mean, I have friends, like very close friends and family who have dealt with infertility. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Like, I can't imagine what how they're feeling. Like, I, I could listen to them talk about these things and how difficult it is. But, like, I, I don't want people that I love and care about or anybody to feel like to feel that way about something that they want so badly. And so I think that educating yourself and sharing these resources and the work that you're doing is so important. And um, I'll include um, Dr. Jolene Brighton's info and then like her book because I haven't read it yet, but it was on my list to read. So I just bought it to read. And I think that just opening up these conversations and sharing how hormonal birth control can impact everything and how you have the ability to take control of that is just it's awesome to hear yeah Uh, and it builds real community i mean women feel excited about it they can bond over it talk about their differences and relate and you know and what they can sympathize with right it's mm -hmm. just it's amazing how many people really feel like there's just a huge community you know around natural family planning and how excited people get about it because like you said so empowering so So empowering um but i would love to hear a bit about how natural family planning was the antidote to body shame or anxiety because that was something that you and i had chatted about a little bit beforehand oh yeah i love talking about this because i struggled i mean i was i danced pretty professionally for like 12 years oh wow like and did it all through high school and was like super intense about it i thought i was going to go to a conservatory and all of that um and that didn't happen, but almost thinking is, you know, because 
I would never have met my husband and all of that again because we reconnected in high school and um, college. But um, yeah, so I really struggled with body image and body, you know, I just feeling so insecure in my body and like I needed to look a specific way and be this kind of fit. Um, and that was just, I, especially having had the dancer's body and then the moment I stopped dancing, I, I got my curves, you know, and mm-hmm. I got my natural body, which I hadn't had my entire life. So I really struggled with that. I struggled with having curves and fat on my body in places I never even knew you could have, you know, <laughs> being a naive, naive like 19 year old, yeah. Um, and then with Hashimoto's, I started gaining a lot of weight. Um, so it was, it was really hard. And um, I, I think I really struggled with it more than I would have realized, you know, looking back on it. Um, it was always something that I realized I was really, was like a burden, you know, in retrospect. But natural family planning, <laughs> it wasn't immediate. I think it's taken a good couple of years of doing it for me just to appreciate what my body is and how unique it is and how it it's sometimes in survival mode, you know, and it needs yeah. to do what it needs to do. And then other times when I'm thriving and flourishing, you know, it, it's the body that I have and it, it communicates a wisdom and it, I no longer need to, it's kind of like the same with birth control. I, I kind of can shed that, you know, one size fits all solution um, and feel really great about how unique my body is, you know, and especially just like with the shape of it and, and how fit I am or you know, what I can do with it, right? Um, I mean, that's something so unique to every woman, and that's something we struggle so much with still in society, even though we're definitely on the right track of challenging that, but yeah, yeah and it's kind of ingrained in our minds from a young age, so yeah, um, natural family planning, it's definitely been the antidote to <laughs> all of that, at least for me. <laughs> yeah, and I like, I, I've heard many, many women that I've spoken to who have also either, they were like cheerleading or they were dancing competitively and like they had very specific views about their body and they felt like they had to fit into a one-size-fits-all mold and I remember growing up like there's just so much focus on like what your body weight is and I don't know why like I just I don't know why that's something and you, if you, even if you think about it it literally starts like at birth people are always, always like oh my how much did your baby weigh you know yeah like why yeah. why are we so obsessed with weight like why are we so obsessed with it as a society it drives me mental because it's like that's so true people try and fit into like a specific body weight because they think that they need to because somebody told them this is how that much they should be weighing for how tall they are or how old they are or whatever and there are people who I mean everyone's different so like someone could tell you that's the body weight that you should be for your age and for how tall you are but you could be very unhealthy if that's what your body weight is you might need to weigh more than that and so I remember too like when I was pregnant there was all this talk about like how much weight you gain and then after how quickly you lose the weight like we just need to like get rid of that and focus on your body, what your body's telling you that it needs and your hormones and like nourishing your body and giving your body the foods that it needs, the the sleep that it needs, the nutrition, the water, whatever it is to just figure it all out. Because if, we, if we're all just thinking that we can fit into this one mold, like, nope, there's no way everybody is going to be healthy and thriving in that mold. It's just, it's oh, impossible. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I threw out my scale a long time ago Same. once I finally realized with Hashimoto's, like, there's just no, 
you know, I mean, it's kind of funny because all the women, you know, in my immediate family are like very skinny and very, very, very petite, you know, I mean, they, they just have the runner's body very naturally. And I got my dad's jeans, you know, which is very like hunky Irish potato, Same. you know, <laughs> and it took me so long to embrace that. Cause again, like I said, I had the dancer's body. I was so active that I looked like that. And then the moment I stopped, I mean, the muscle in different ways. I bulked up, you know, I got fat, like not, you know, like I got fat on my body. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. Just, it felt so empowering throwing out the scale. And I truly do not believe that would have happened if I hadn't been taught to be so in tune with my body, you know, because for the longest time in college, I mean, especially just with the weight gain and how, how much I stressed about it, you know, and how much energy I put into that, like I was working out, like half hour in the gym every day and then stressing out about it and telling myself like, but I felt terrible. I felt absolutely terrible. I was exhausted all the time. I felt so anxious and I was so obsessed with how I looked. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I found was, I mean, women with Hashimoto's tend to have a hard time exercising and doing a ton of cardio Mm -hmm. just with the way um, hormones like cortisol, especially of course for your body. And so can actually aggravate Hashimoto's. So they definitely recommend more like Pilates and yoga and all this. And so I found my, you know, I just found my niche like with yoga and Pilates and I love doing that, but I mean, that's not cardio. It's not running, you know, five miles, which is kind of what is a showcase active, you know, fit person. Right. And that's kind of what you do when you want that body. But, um, I truly do not believe I would have been able to accept that if it hadn't been for just appreciating the intuition there with my body and really listening to what it needs. Yeah. And I, I can relate. And it made me, it made me think about like when I was in college, listening to you talk about what you were doing in terms of exercise. Like I was, I was like probably the heaviest. I like, I was never someone to weigh myself very often because I just felt like it was always something that was talked about, like my body weight should not be talked about by other people in my family. And I was probably like the heaviest, like my freshman year of college, like end of high school, freshman year of college, it was my heaviest. And I was working out every day. I was going to the gym, but I wasn't paying like attention to like my stress levels. And I was also on birth control and I wasn't paying attention to what I was eating and it's, I mean, it's college too. Like it's so, there's so many things that are going on. And then when I really decided that I wanted to like look at things from a more holistic lens was when I, like I'd always had migraines and headaches, like, and then my people in my family, like my mom and my dad are like, oh, it's genetic. Like I had it, your dad has it. You just have to take medication for it. And then I was going to the doctor and they were like, oh, just take Advil and drink tea. And I'm like, that's not helping me right now. And so then I went to see another doctor. I'm pretty sure it was my junior year or maybe my senior year of college. And they, she was asking me, like she was trying to give me medication, but one of her first questions was, do you want, like, are you planning to have children in the future? And I was like, yes, why? And she was like, because if you want to have children, you can't be on this medication. And so that moment for me, I was like, I, I'm doing this by myself. Like I'm, I had seen multiple doctors and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna take this into my own hands and I'm gonna figure it out. And I went and saw one more doctor at home once I was back from school. And he was like, well, you can just like cut everything out cold turkey and do it yourself, or you can try this medication. And I was like, I don't want a medication, like that's not helping me. 
And so from there, that's when I really started figuring it all out and tuning into my body. And But the only thing I would say that I was doing that I like, didn't fully agree with was being on birth control. And so it's wild how much everything can change when you really just start paying attention to what your body is trying to tell you. Like these, the things that are coming up within your body is your body trying to communicate with you and saying, hey, this is an issue. We have to do something about it. And so, like you said, like I threw away my scale and and even over like the past, I want to say like five, six years, I, I just eat intuitively and I, that this is like, I feel the best that I had, have ever felt and I don't exercise as much and I just am mindful of what I'm eating. I'm mindful of the things that I consume and people don't realize that like, if you just tune into your intuition and what your body is telling you, it can tell you everything. <laughs> It's exactly crazy, but it's so scary. With I mean, the narrative that we're told, even by your doctors, you know. I mean, I grew up just being like, you don't, you don't make any judgment, you know, about what to do with your body till you talk to your doctor, even if it's just like eating something, I you know, know. Or, or not eating something. Um, and it's just like any research that you've done is invalid. And yeah. I mean, it's just like you can't know anything about your body if you don't have a medical degree. And mm-hmm. I appreciate how many doctors out there are challenging that narrative, you know, yes. and saying like, you don't need to have a degree to know about your body. Right. <laughs> um, and but yeah, it's just that intuition. And it's just like really like mastering your body and knowing it's like this is my body right and I'm going to trust my intuition and what it's telling me right um and finding a doctor that appreciates that and actually like listens to that is like one of the best gifts that I've ever had and I finally found one she's absolutely amazing but it took so long you know it took way too long to find that I wish you know I wish way more women had access to that but unfortunately not yeah so I just wanted to see, since we're getting to the end of this episode, if there were any like final pieces of advice that you wanted to share with people or any last words that you wanted to leave people with today. My best advice is do your own research. You know, look at a ton of resources. Um, that's how I got started, right? And that's really what kind of incentivized me to start charting is just like reading all these stories out there and finding people like Dr. Julian Brighton, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are a lot of amazing resources out there. You do not have to have a medical degree to understand your body. Um, So just start tuning in, start charting. Um, If you have any questions, you can reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. My account is Virgil and Empowered. I always look at my DMs since I usually answer them that day. Um, But yeah, really, it's not as hard as it seems. (laughs) And I think that's my best advice to anyone out there listening is charting is pretty simple once you get the hang of it, you know, really it's just a matter of kind of overcoming that anxious yeah anxious voice in your head that's questions whether you can actually do it um so yeah yeah Yeah, so really just tuning into your body trusting your body and its god-given abilities that it has like our bodies are so perfect and i like of course there are situations where we are sick or there are situations where we need help but if you're tuning into your body and paying attention to that, hopefully we can prevent, we can not necessarily prevent, but do as much as we possibly can to keep illness away, to keep symptoms away, to pay attention to these things like preventative care. It's just, like we said, we need more individualized care. Everybody does. So we can really help people and feel empowered in the choices that they're making for their bodies. And also, 
teach their friends, families, doctors, children, everybody that they're able to do the same thing. So Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so, so much for coming on tonight and for having this beautiful conversation. Um, I really do appreciate the time that you spent and all of the the wealth of knowledge that you brought to tonight's episode. So thank you so much, Helen. Well, thank you, Olivia. I mean, it's people like you out there that, you know, give me hope. And I really appreciate what you're doing and learning and advocating for. It's amazing. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys so, so much for listening tonight. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share it with everybody on Instagram or your family or via email, text, whatever it is. If you have any questions for Helen or I, feel free to reach out. Like Helen said, I'm going to include her Instagram account in the show notes tonight. So reach out to either one of us and we hope you all have a wonderful night. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.